Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Thursday, and that is Bill Landis, and I am Austin Ward, and we have our eyes on the stonks. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, I, it felt it feels like a good time to kick off June with the look, because we got to talk to the Ohio State assistant coaches on Tuesday. We may have mentioned that. It was pretty important to us. We think it's a big deal. Um, so going back through... Um, listening again listening the first time what names jumped out to you bill let's or first of all you can pick sunny styles or cj hicks to start i guess but that's probably where we're gonna start yeah i i figured we would get there eventually whether or not we started with them or 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 ended with them i suppose doesn't matter but since you mentioned them i guess i guess we can start with with them um i'll i'll start with cj i i I guess like i i know i made a a a joke about like what Jim Knowles said about CJ on Tuesday, but like I, I think it's real. I do, I do think that there, there is some intention behind those words. Like they're going to find stuff for him to do in the fall because they've been pleased with what they've seen from him in in the spring. And I, I, I wish I could give people like a better idea of what that might look like. I, I don't think that's totally clear just yet, but um, I think it's it's more than just garbage time snaps. I think that's that's part of it, and and like I, I don't even mean to demean it by calling them garbage time, but just like playing more in blowouts than than he did last year, which is was none um, or not at all. So like that'll happen. But there, Jim Knowles, I I think made it clear like there's going to be more than than just that. He wants to strike that right balance to make sure he's getting CJ the experience he needs, like playing a lot of will linebacker, I guess, when the games get out of hand, but. I think as that happens, CJ is going to force Jim Knowles' hand even more to, to have a bigger role within the defense as the season progresses. And I think the Jack stuff is real. I think there's potential for him to play in some three linebacker packages. So like as much oxygen as we've given this this conversation over the last like six months, it, it feels like maybe those 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 weren't wasted conversations. I, I do think that Ohio State has found itself in a place where they very much are intent on finding a role for CJ Hicks in the fall. Yeah, I think that and the Jack conversation go hand in hand, and you can't keep soft pedaling it. And I, I don't mean to negatively characterize the way Ohio State has handled that because I think it's well intentioned what they've done in both aspects. They don't want to put CJ Hicks out there before they're confident and ready. This isn't a team that is trying to win a championship in three years' time or two years' time, it's trying to win one this year and last year and the year before that. So if you don't think that they're quite ready to do that, uh, I don't. I understand why Ohio State approaches its playing time the way it does with true freshmen. I, I think we can all have a reasonable conversation about that, and I would understand if people disagree. Sometimes you and I do uh, about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same. that's where it brings me back to the Jack and like, you're just sacrificing 15 practices in, in March and April, really. We're like, well... They didn't do it last year. They're not going to do it this year. Hey, we're not going to install it. We're not. Mitchell Melton's not healthy. We think he's going to do it. We're just going to scrap that for all of spring practice. I I don't necessarily, from my vantage point, think that that makes a ton of sense. If you could marry the two ideas by putting CJ Hicks in the jack, letting him get those reps, letting that expand your defensive arsenal. That's again, I'm not a college football coach. I've said that many many times. So I I can, if they decide that's not what they want to do, I'll understand that and we'll talk about it and move forward but it feels like if that is a part of the defense that Jim Knowles wants to build CJ Hicks stands out as the most ready to do that and I think they're coming around to that 
And then they do get twice as many practices in August where maybe that makes more, uh, more sense for their time to get ready for games. I, I agree with all that. Like we, we talked to that before, right? Like wh- why not do it in the spring? If you have a somewhat of an idea of what it might look like, I, I guess maybe Jim Knowles counterpoint to that would be, it is not an overly complicated position. And if spring is more about fundamentals than it is anything else, like why overload a guy with something like learning the Jack position? If, if history using that position tells you that, that people can pick it up rather quickly. Um, and I think CJ Hicks will, uh, the, the one thing we did not get into with Jim Knowles that I, I wanted to ask and just it, it didn't get really a chance to is like an evaluation of CJ Hicks as a pass rusher. Um, cause he did it a decent amount in high school. And obviously that's very different. Um, he was the best athlete athlete on the field every time he played in high school, but I, at the risk of like making a, um, a comparison that is probably not fair to CJ Hicks. Like, as I think more and more about this, I, I, I have like someone like Micah Parsons in my head, like a, a linebacker sort of in build, like a, a, a traditional kind of off the ball linebacker build, but a guy who has like real pass rush skills. And I, I don't know that the CJ is that, but I think when I, when I envision CJ in the Jack position, like that is, I mean, probably cl- clearly the best possible outcome for someone with his skill set used in that role. And like, will he become that as a sophomore? Like, almost certainly not. That those are lofty ambitions. But but I think he is a player with that package of skills that allows him or would allow him to be the in the box linebacker that you ultimately probably need him to be more than anything else. But but in the meantime, serve as a pretty productive pass rusher in that role and, and i think they've over the course of 15 practices and last year too a little bit probably have seen enough from cj to think that that he can do a little something for them there do you think the way that jim Knowles and perry eliano talked about cj hicks and sunny styles respectively is just different because it's it's about it is june now and you don't have to go coach them through 15 practices and really push them they may i don't know is that is that part of it? Like they're starting to envision more game plan specific stuff and you can't just continue to not talk about these guys who are clearly some of the best athletes on the roster. Yeah, probably. I, I, I think the, there is a disconnect in the spring, I think between us as, as media and fans and the coaches and I guess like the things you should be thinking about and, and, us and the fans, I think when we immediately jump to the fall and like, what is, what is everything happening in March and April mean for the fall? And I think from the coaching standpoint, like they're, they're not, their brain is not there. They're, they're doing some install, but I don't think any of it or very little of it is opponent specific. Um, much of it is fundamental stuff and like kind of figuring out what guys can do. So they're, they're just not in that mental space of like, okay, when we're on the field against Indiana, what's CJ Hicks going to do for us? But we are closer to that. Now we're less than a hundred days away from the start of the, of the college football season. So I do think that does start to change a little bit and it becomes more real. And, and especially from Jim Knowles, I feel like I got, I got more of a vibe from him that he has, been more and more thinking about how to actually deploy these guys when the games come around more so than like making sure that Sonny Styles can in fact play deep safety before they think about how they can use him in that spot. Yeah, it did seem, and you touched on this on Wednesday morning, it, the conversation from those two guys was no longer just streamline a role for Sonny Styles and let him do it. Like I don't know that streamlining is what they envision come September mm-hmm. because the other part of this is and whether they want to talk about it this way publicly or not, I understand why they wouldn't. Josh Proctor did lose that job on the first drive of the game against Notre Dame. So you have to have another deep safety if that's where he's going to play. 
you don't just get to go into the season with one and be like, well, this is the plan and it's going to work. And if not, uh oh, who knows? Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to be figuring out on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Sonny Styles uh, has to be part of some solution, whether that means he takes the first snap against Indiana or not. You do have to have a plan for uh, a plan B for whatever situation, whether that's injury or lack of performance or whatever else. Yeah. And I, I thought it was an, a nice window too into while we did see a good amount of spring, we didn't see everything. And, like frankly, like we didn't. I, I don't feel like we saw a ton of Sonny playing deep safety, but Jim Knowles suggested that he saw quite a bit of it and and was pretty happy with what he saw, and that has changed his way of thinking a little bit. So, um, I I know there are Ohio State fans who like felt some type of way about what what appeared to just be like putting the older guys out there first and like making them the quote unquote starters and. That's not to say like guys like Josh Proctor and Cameron Martinez won't start in the fall. I think I think there's still competitions happening, but um, I don't I don't think it was like those guys were playing at the expense of guys like Sonny Styles getting valuable experience in the spring. So um, if you were I guess in any way worried about that, I, I don't know that I would be after hearing from Jim Knowles on on Tuesday. And there's a lot of time left between now and, and the start of the season, obviously. And, and Sonny, I I, I just. It's hard for me to envision any scenario where Sonny does not continue on an upward trajectory to the point where he is playing an awful lot against Indiana. And maybe that's putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but it, it felt like it was building throughout the spring, like when we talked to people or got to watch him, and, and that, for me at least, hasn't slowed down. So um, you're right, they need contingency plans no matter what, but I also think this could be like the beginning of the emergence of Sonny Styles. This may seem silly to point out, but we got we got through all of spring and we mentioned, well, these are valuable reps for young guys when the veterans are out. Uh, and I think there is certainly some value to that and substance to that. But that means we also didn't get to see the fully formed, fully functional version of Ohio State. And also when you get through the summer, you're going to need those guys to play leadership roles. Not that they weren't, not that they weren't active on the sidelines, but getting full-go clearances for guys like Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, uh, you know, Devin Brown. I, I, didn't, I couldn't really tell what Corey Dennis was saying. Like, there may still be some restrictions, but it's his hand. Like, he's going to be able to work out, and he'll be throwing soon enough if he's not already. Uh, maybe, maybe he addressed that in a different part of the conversation that I missed, but Travion Henderson in that boat as well. These guys that didn't get to participate either at all or were limited throughout spring are very good football players hmm. and they are allowed to start preparing to play football again. I think that is a big deal and worth mentioning, even if they're still two months away from the start of training camp, they get to do a lot of stuff in the summer now more than definitely more than five years ago, way more than any other point in college football before that, uh, especially with meetings and, and the uh, eight hours per week and all those other things that go along with just conditioning. Uh, that's that's a big deal because a full-strength Ohio State roster is one of the three best in the sport. It is. Um, it's like an interesting thought exercise to when like you go through the spring and like you know at the start of spring you know like okay all these guys are going to be out but as you as you get like into the thick of the spring you sort of f like forget almost that that you're not watching the full version of Ohio State. You're just sort of like, okay, this is what's in front of me today, and I'm trying to analyze that. And then after the spring, you like 
take a step back like oh yeah like half their roster wasn't, wasn't available or at least like half of their starters weren't available and and it is just a reminder of like like if you were and i was like if you're watching springs like man this looks good this looks good this looks good and then you remind yourself like oh this looks good now and by the way like Ameka Ibuka is going to be coming back <laughs> like it's it is i don't know if you want to give like a stock up on uh like the roster potential or, or whatever i don't know i don't know how you would word it but uh yeah hearing that like basically everyone I think maybe I didn't I didn't hear about Xavier Johnson, but I think from what we were told in the spring, I, I think maybe he's not quite ready just yet. But right. aside from him, I think just about everyone else is like even like Jacob James. I think I, I would put in that that category as well, and Mitchell Melton too. Uh, like Larry Johnson said, Mitchell Melton is is like ready to go. So um, clearly, he's he's got some injury history hurdles I think to get over before he gets onto the field. But even to hear that was like okay, like they're they're in pretty good shape I think at, at this juncture of the offseason. Yeah, the the Mitchell Melton conversation like it, it was pretty. I thought it was interesting from Larry Johnson just how effusive he was in that praise where he was like, well, there was a reason that we wanted to build this around him a year ago. Uh, we felt strongly about what we were seeing in practice and like they've had to put that on the shelf for a full year essentially which is definitely not fun for Mitchell Melton I can personally attest to to those conversations uh, with him wanting to get back and wanting to carve that role out for himself but also from what we mentioned earlier on with you know understanding the use of the jack and the way they had to adjust on the fly like they want to use that and a healthy Mitchell Melton is what they view as the top option for that, at least at this point. That could change if what we're saying about C.J. Hicks uh, comes to fruition, but they their mind is not changed about what they what they saw, which had to have been really, really good before the spring game last year. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from, from that is it felt like once Mitchell Melton went down, they weren't really sure what to do with that position last year. Like, I... The, the Jack Sawyer experiment sort of felt like one foot in, one foot out, like for kind of for everybody. They weren't entirely sure if that was the best use of him, but, you know, we might as well give it a whirl and see see what takes. Um, but like Mitchell Melton, I think like from the second Jim Knoll showed up here, it was like that guy. He, that, that's what I'm <laughs> looking for. And like, unfortunately, just never been able to come to fruition. And, and I hope it does this year. But I think that it just leaves that that like package of plays however much Jim Knowles ends up using it in, in a much better place than it was a year ago. It's not like as, as hodgepodge, I think as it was, as it was last year, if you have a healthy, like knock on wood, Mitchell Melton, and then CJ Hicks doing that stuff. I, I think that is a position that becomes much more impactful than it was last year when it was like Jack Sawyer's doing it. And then like maybe every now and then we'll like toss Javante Jean-Baptiste out there. And all of a sudden he's doing Jack stuff when you're like, what? Like that he does this. Okay. So I, I think it's just a little more, It'll be more like fully thought out, I think, this fall, provided Mitchell Melton can stay healthy, which you know I think everyone hopes can happen for him. All right, what else you got? Um, Hero Canoe uh, is a guy that Larry Johnson like his face lit up a little bit when he was talking about him, and um, I, I think everyone and and like Larry, I think feels pretty good about the top three at that position, and and I think. Most people have have every right to feel good about the top three, but I, I think over the course of the season, you're going to need more than that. And they addressed that a little bit in, in the transfer portal with Taiwan Malone. And um, but I think like there's even beyond, even if you think that that Malone can play a considerable amount for Ohio State this year, like I still think you ideally you'd want more than four. And it does feel like Hero has made some pretty considerable strides over the last couple of months, um, both both physically and I think in just like understanding how to play football. Like I, I myself forget that he has not been playing football that long. Um, 
but his passion for it has always been apparent. And whenever that all started to click, I, I, I figured you'd have a really good football player. And, and I, I don't know if it's fully clicked just yet, but it seems to be progressing in a promising way. And um, he's just like such a different body type of that position that if he's even able to give him like 10 to 15 snaps a game next year, which is not, you know, that's a decent body of work over the course of a, of a 12 or 13, 14, 15 game season. Um, I think you can see some real flashes from him and, and, and stuff that will get you excited for 2024 when there's more of an opportunity for him to like maybe step into even a starting role. So um, if you were curious about the, young depth at that position defensive tackle um i thought larry johnson was fairly effusive in in his uh feedback on hero yeah um he he kind of likened it to well he's still at the end of his senior year of high school and had only been playing football for two years i'm like all right yeah i i know that in my mind but it's worth the reminder of that we got a lot of those uh, on tuesday in the woody it was great we're barely scratching the surface here even on a stock watch we've got Way, way more coverage coming in the days and weeks ahead. Just from that, it was that good, uh, that informative, that valuable to us. So we're going to keep talking about it for a while uh, with what we learned about the Buckeyes with a little uh, late May heading into June uh, offseason update from the Buckeyes. Uh, we'll we'll have more. We didn't even get into the offensive line today, so sorry for all the <laughs> Bill Landis fan club members. We'll have more shows on that. The tackle episode that I keep teasing is coming. It's not coming this week. Uh, we've got interviews with uh, a handful of Ohio State coaches that will be on the Freaky Friday episode. Um, maybe it'll be next week. Maybe not. I don't know. As long as we have new stuff to talk about, that's what we're going to do. Right, Bill? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I, It probably won't be next week because I'm not going to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that whenever it happens. Yeah, it's going to be great whenever. Just stay tuned. (laughs) Keep coming back to watch the podcast daily, and eventually we'll talk more uh, about the tackles. But uh, thanks for joining us for a little bit of a stock watch. Uh, I think we probably could have named 50 more names, but we'll, we'll do that next time. For Bill, I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later.